Hello, everybody. This is Common Sense Christianity here. Today, we're going to look at whether or not the triune God of the Trinity, modern-day Christianity, is biblical or whether or not it's a God of confusion. Now, Trinitarians believe, for those who aren't knowledgeable about the Trinity, they believe that God is a three-person being. One God consists of three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all three of them together are who God is, right? So when we go through Scripture, ironically, there's no mention of this God, right? Jesus never speaks of a triune God. God never speaks of a triune God. The apostles never speak of a triune God. Nobody does. And in fact, there's clear Scripture that that basically proves there is no triune God. It, it eliminates, it conflicts with the idea that God is a trinity, right? I mean, you know, from the very beginning, God explained himself to the Jewish people on how many persons he was. That's why Jewish people were very adamant about the, the Shema. You know, God is one. Hero Israel, our Lord is one. Our God is one. You know, they never said our God is three in one, you know, and, and the Jewish people, uh, in Judaism, they believed that God was a single being, right? A single person, not three persons in one being. So in their daily prayers, they did the Shema. And there's not a whisper of God saying, hey, hey, guys, um, you know, I, when I told you guys I was one, I really meant I was three in one, right? So you guys need to update your Shema. He never did that. So why would God allow the Jewish world to believe a lie or to follow a, a one-person God when God was really three persons. They had no idea of a trinity. They had no idea that God was the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. They had no clue. you know. And, and in Deuteronomy 13, any prophet or, or dreamer of dreams that talks about a God or pushes a God other than the one the Israelites knew or followed was to be put to death. The Israelites never knew or followed a three-person God. So that would be self-refuting, right? I mean, here's a God that says, if you don't believe in a God, you know, if somebody teaches a God other than the ones you guys follow and you know, that prophet is to be put to death. But in the meantime, God was really a three-person being in the Trinity belief, and these these Jews were worshiping him as a single person, which would have been, you know, they would have put themselves to death, basically, because they were, you know, it's just a complete mess. They didn't know that God was a trinity, yet God was a trinity, but they're supposed to execute anybody who teaches a God other than the ones they knew or followed. They knew and followed a single being, a one-person father, right? Not a three-person God. So right off the bat, it's, you know, it just becomes a mess. And everywhere you go, the Bible becomes a mess in the trinity belief system. That's why they call it a mystery. You know, there's all these contradictions that they, they say they're not contradictions, but they blatantly are. You know, they blatantly are contradictions. You know, like it says in 1 Corinthians 4.33 or 14.33 in the RSV, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace and in all the churches of the saints. You know, when you go to the internet on Quora or, you know, all these sites, they're, they're Googling, why is the Trinity so confusing? Why can't I understand the Trinity? Why, you know, why, why is the Trinity a mystery? Why can't I understand it? They're just, they're desperate for people to, um, to teach them about the Trinity. You know, and it kind of reminds me when it says in, in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 5, 
For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. The Trinity is not sound teaching, you know. But having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. As for you, always be steady, endure suffering, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry, right? So they're wandering into myths, you know, they, they accumulate teachers like James White and Dr. Brown who get on the podium and they put together all of these elegant, spectacular mental gymnastics with, you know, the spirit over here. And they're so proud of showing how good they can interpret the Bible. They're so good at applying all of these riddles that none of us can really figure out. They show they're intelligent when the Bible isn't that complicated. These guys have made a living off of explaining the Trinity to people, right? How this can be there and this can be over there and they're knitting their Trinitarian blanket stitch by stitch with each riddle, you know, and and it's sad because a lot of people will sit in church and they have no clue about the Trinity, but they just shake their head. And that's that's it. You know, there's no choice, really. So, you know, God himself said he was not a man in the Trinity belief system. They believe that the second person of the Trinity came down, entered into a woman, took the flesh of a man. And it was fully God and fully man. And that man God, that God man, took on, you know, took on flesh and he lived a perfect life, a sinless life. And he died on the cross for their sins. So his flesh died. So God died for their sins, basically, right? That's what they believe. But in Hosea 9.11 or 11.9 in the NIV, it says, I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again, for I am God and not a man. The Holy One among you, I will not come against the cities. Well, in the Bible, it says many, many times, many times that Jesus is a man. You know, it doesn't say a God man. It doesn't say fully man and fully God. It says a man. And here's one instance, Jesus himself in John 8:40 in the NIV. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. So if Jesus was God, why not just say so? Why use riddles to basically maybe hint that you're God, you know, why not just say I am God in the flesh and I came down? Was Jesus that deceptive? When I see it's a man, I believe he's a man. I don't see anything where it says a God man. You know, the Bible says we will be saved by a man through one man sent into the world through another man, you know, sin, we were made righteous. So, you know, you look at, um, you look at warnings like in Romans 120 through uh, 23 and 25 in the RSV where it talks about you know, they're without excuse, really. You know, they're without excuse. You know, they didn't honor God as or give thanks to him as, as he initially was, right? It says they, they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened, claiming to be wise. You know, all these theologians up there with doctorate degrees that can understand the Trinity and explain it better than you can with all these riddles. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God, right? The immortal God who can't die ever, whatever death is, God can't do it, for images resembling mortal man, who do you think's hanging on the churches of the Catholic Church? You know, they have these images of Jesus that's a mortal man. You know, images of mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature. Jesus was a created being. You know, the Bible says this is the genesis of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say the birth, you know, that's added. So we talk, we read about 
the birth of Jesus, his upbringing, he grew in wisdom and stature. You know, he never once explained to his mother that he was God. And if he came down as God, the angel was very deceptive because the angel should have told Mary, hey, you know, you're going to be receiving God Almighty into your womb. You know, you need to incubate him for nine months. She didn't believe that. She believed that life began in her womb because the angel says you will conceive in your womb a child, not receive in your womb. You don't you don't conceive in your womb if something enters you from outside your womb, right? So they exchange the truth for a lie, you know. And so even in the Bible, you know, there's incidences of just the fact, the idea that God becoming a man would be almost just blasphemy. It's it's this disgusting thought. You know, even to Paul, when he was doing miracles in Acts 14, 11 through 15 in the RSV, he was doing miracles in the streets, you know, and, and they saw what Paul was doing. And they, and they said, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. You know, they were, they were basically, wow, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. You know, and they called they called Barnabas Zeus and Paul. Um, uh, Paul, he was he was called Hermes, right? Hermes or whatever, the priest of Zeus. And so but but when when Paul and, and the other apostle heard it, they tore their garments. They were very angry. They were tore their garments, and basically that's just that's extremely angry. And they rushed out among the men, you know, among the men and said, Men, why are you doing this? We are also men of nature with you and bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things, you know, these vain thoughts of of them thinking that God came down in the likeness of men. That was a disgusting thought to them. That you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. You know, this would have been a perfect time for Paul to say, you know, when they brought up the, you know, God has come down in the likeness of men. For Paul to say, well, no, no, that's not exactly true. But, but that actually happened. You know, God came down in the flesh and became a baby. And, you know, he was, he was in the likeness of men. But the very fact that Paul, you know, they were saying God came down in the likeness of men. He, he thought it was disgusting. You know, he could have easily said, he could have triggered his thought and said, well, that actually was Jesus. God did come down in the likeness of men. So I, I appreciate what you guys are saying. And that actually happened, but we're not in that case. But Jesus was, right? This would have been his perfect chance, but he doesn't do that. So, you know, in the Trinity, they believe that God is a three-person being. And they're all co-equal. They're co-eternal. They've always existed with each other from the very beginning. But yet we can't find a single instance of anybody worshiping a Holy Spirit along with God the Father and Jesus. He's never mentioned in any greetings whatsoever, grace from grace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. There's only four incidences of him, you know, in worship and or or in communion and fellowship. And that's not a great a greeting, right? You can have fellowship with and communion with love, you know, grace from me, my girlfriend, and in our love, you know, in the name of our love, or you know, so it doesn't really matter that. You know, what Trinitarians do is they dismiss 99% of the Bible and they hang on to a couple of riddles, right? You know, we're going to dismiss the fact that the Bible says that the Father is only to God, and we're going to try to use these riddles to push our theology, right? So, Jesus himself, in John 14, 21, said, Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Well, that's happened. They don't worship the Father, really. They worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the churches, you ever hardly ever hear the Father's name, ever. You know, it's always Jesus. Jesus, oh, thank you, Jesus, the Jesus. Everything's about Jesus, you know. And um, and that's, that's 
totally against what Jesus taught. He didn't glorify himself. He was humble. He Everything was pointed to the Father. And now they've replaced this message and, and, and it's a completely different gospel. It's completely different, you know. And so Jesus said, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, right? When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Not See, notice it doesn't say the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in spirit and truth or the Father and Son in spirit and truth. It says the Father in spirit and truth, right? For such the Father seeks to worship Him, Him, one Him person, right? God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth, okay? So this is, Jesus is telling us about who we worship. It's the Father alone. There's no Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Nothing, you know. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and that's what Unitarian Christians do. They worship the Father in spirit and truth, right? So it says, the woman said to him, I know that I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. OK, this is actually a very critical verse because Trinitarians will say, you know, Jesus says, unless you believe I am he, you will die in your sins. Right. Well, in the in the Old Testament and in other places, God says, I am he. You know, so they go, oh, wow. You know, Jesus is referred to himself as the God of Abraham by saying, I am he. No, I am he, meaning the Messiah. You know, there's countless verses where Jesus asked the apostles who he is, and they say the Christ. And he says, yes, you know, I am he. I'm the one. I'm, I'm him. You know, so there's no I am he. I am God of Abraham. This is what Trinitarians do. So, you know, there's clear verses about one God, the Father. And the Holy Spirit's not even mentioned, like 1 Corinthians 8, 6 in the RSV. Yet, for us, there's one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we, whom are all things and through whom we exist. So, you know, like I was explaining in my other podcast, through, you know, the Greek word is dia. It's, it's, it's a genitive. It means um, because of, on account of, for, you know. So just like if I donate money to a charity and it goes through my grandmother, right? It's for my grandma. It's in her name. It's because of her. You know, if she passed away, it would be a donate, in, you know, through my grandma, right? That's what it means. You know, so Trinitarians don't get this. They understand, you know, does this mean Jesus is the creator, right? You know, so Jesus basically eclipsed the Father. He's the creator. The Holy Spirit now is the Holy Spirit dwells in believers. And the Father basically is nothing. You know, that's he's nothing. It's all focused on two other entities, which is pretty twisted. And Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is showing that there is a Father and he's a God of Jesus, right? And Trinitarians will see this and they go, they don't deny it, but there's a twist on it. You know, they, well, they're in their roles and stuff. It's just absolute nonsense, right? So, you know, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, right? Colossians 1, 3 in the RSV, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray to you, for you. And Ephesians 1, 17, RSV, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Uh, 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Right? First, uh, 
Colossians 1 or 3.11, now may our God and Father and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Notice there's no Holy Spirit here. It's always greeting, you know, greetings from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got tons of verses. I mean, I don't want to go through this on this podcast, but you can look them up. You know, grace to grace to you from God the Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord. No Holy Spirit there. So we look at Acts 5.30. The God of our fathers, which is the God of Abraham, raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. I mean, can you imagine God being hang, hung on a tree to die? You know, this is this is completely completely non you know total nonsense it doesn't say god it would have easily said in the bible then god died for their sins or the lord almighty himself took on flesh and became a man and died for your sins is that hard to say you know guess why nobody in the entire bible which contains almost 790 or 780,000 words ever says anything like that they never even allude to it. it's not there right so basically i mean the god of the fathers was not a triune god um it goes over and over again in the Bible that we were saved by a man. You know, through one man, we were made sinners. And through one man, we were made righteous. You know, so in 1 Corinthians 15, 21, For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. Romans 5, 15, But the free gift is not like the trespasses. For if many died through one man's trespass, many more have the grace of God, and the free gift and the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Romans 5:19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Acts 17:31. Because he hath fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man, whom he has appointed, right? And by this, he has given assurance to all men by raising him from the dead. What assurance do we have if God raised God from the dead? What assurance do we have? We don't know. We don't know. You know, God can't die, right? So so we, what insurance do we have to be raised from the dead like Jesus if he was God, right? So Acts 2.22, of course. What did the apostles teach Jesus was after he left earth, right? This is the message. This is what they taught in the gospel. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. They don't even give Jesus credit for the miracles, right? You know, so, you know, in the book of Isaiah, in Hosea, like I said earlier, I am God, but not, I am God and not a man. Well, he also says in the book of Numbers that I should lie, you know, and, and go on. But a Trinitarian will say, well, uh, yeah, but God, Jesus didn't lie, so that excludes him from that verse. Well, they they can't answer Hosea, right? They have all kinds of these this sad excuses. I mean, when when God says, "I am God and not a man," I believe him. That just means that he, he doesn't become a man. And the Bible also says, you know, no man can see my face and live, right? So if Jesus was God, that means God. The Bible's deceiving me again because it says no man can see God. First Timothy, uh, what is it, six sixteen, I believe that. Um, you know, God dwells in unapproachable light. No man has seen him or can ever see him, right? And the Bible says no man has seen God or can ever see God. So it says it over the Bible that, you know, we can't see God's face and live. No man has seen God or can ever see God. So for me to believe that Jesus is God Almighty that came down and we can stare at his face for 33 years just completely obliterates the Bible. It just There's so many contradictions in the Bible just on that alone. Right. And then the Trinitarians will say, well, well, so and so they said they saw God face to face. Well, they did. 
and his shaliyah, right? To see, like Jesus said, to see me is to see the Father. To see me is to see the one who sent me. So it's it's an idiom, like symbolism, like, do you, un, do you see what I mean? So God, the Jewish people experienced God. They saw God, experienced God in Jesus, right? They saw uh, his shaliyah or his angels and they saw God, right? That's how they think, whoa, I'm seeing God right now. But it's not literally seeing God. God's invisible, right? So 1 Timothy 2.5 in the RSV, for there is one God, and we know who that is, it's the Father, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Okay, so this present, a man, there's absence, God, God, man, angel, man, man, angel, fully God, fully man, Yahweh, Yahweh, Jr., all those are not in the Bible, right? Man. So either God and the Bible is very deceptive because they tell me Jesus is a man, God says he's not a man. God says, you know, you can't see his face and live. The Bible says no man has ever seen God. God dwells in unapproachable light. So just on that alone, for Jesus to be God, it 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 makes the Bible really confusing. Then from that point, I'm going to have to figure out how God can be Jesus. You know, you can see the second person of the Trinity's face and live for 33 years, but not the first person of the Trinity, right? So that makes God, you know, God should have said, no man can see the first person of the Trinity's face, or no man can see my face, who is the Father, but they can see the Son if he's born, right? And, you know, and Trinitarians will come up with all these nonsensical excuses like, in all his glory, you know, that means in all his glory. You can't see the face of God and live in all his glory. That doesn't say that in the Bible, right? They have all of these excuses. And like I said, God is not the author of confusion. Trist Christians, Trinitarians, ask yourselves, Find where Jesus teaches a triune God. Find where the apostles teach a triune God. Find where God himself says he's a three-person being when he says, I created everything alone. There was nobody with me. I did it all by myself. I alone, I alone am God. There's nobody but me. Jesus prayed, Father, let them know you, the only true God, and Jesus, the Messiah, who you have sent. Right? That's it. There's no including the Holy Spirit. So, when you listen to this podcast, go through some of the scripture that I've given you, put a pause on it, pause it, go through the scripture. Why did God say he's not a man? I am God and not a man, right? Jesus constantly said, I am man, I'm a man, you know, you seek to kill me, a man who heard from God. Was Jesus deceiving me? Why didn't Jesus just say, I'm God? You know, why did the apostles split when uh, Jesus was, uh, you know, when they were, when he was getting hung or when they were coming to arrest him? You know, why did they draw swords to protect him if he was teaching that he was God? Can you imagine that? There is God right in front of you, and the first thing you do is draw a sword. Would you do that if you thought he was God? No, you wouldn't. You know, you, would, you wouldn't. He, they, they had no clue he was God because he never said so. He always taught he was the Christ. He prayed to their God. You know, he said, it's not my will. It's not my words to speak. You know, it's not my doctrine. I don't know the final hour. Only Father, my only, you know, only the Father is the true God. They're not going to go, Jesus, you must be God. I mean, this is the insanity that we're talking about here, right? So humble yourselves, Christians. You know, trust in Jesus. Did Jesus teach a triune being? Never, okay? It doesn't matter what you're told. It doesn't matter what the church, quote, unquote, church fathers tell you. It doesn't matter what the church tells you. When you stand before God one day and give testimony, when, G when God himself says the first commandment, if you get anything right in the Bible, it's that God is one, right? Jesus agreed with the Jewish scribe in Mark 12, 29, that God is one. He didn't, he didn't 
tell the scribe, uh, well, not exactly, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying, you know, but you're a little bit misled, right? Um, God is actually a three-person being, right? And I'm one of them. He doesn't say that. So, you know, if we look at Mark 12, 29, it says right here, it says, um, it says right here, and one of the scribes came up and heard him disputing, heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them all well, asked him, which commandment is the is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment greater than these, right? So the first commandment is getting the number of God, of who God is right. God is one, right? And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other but he, okay? And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as himself is as much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices, okay? So Jesus right here and the scribe agree. He's agreeing with the scribe. You know, you are right, teacher. He's agreeing with Jesus. You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one. You know, so this would have been a perfect time before Jesus say, okay, well, that's not exactly what I meant. I meant that one is three persons in one. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're looking at me, I'm Yahweh, right? He never says that. He agrees with the Jewish scribe. So what does he say? He says, and when, G and when Jesus said that he answered wisely, you can't answer wisely if he gives something that's not true. If, if the scribe answers that God is one and he has the understanding that it's a single person, he didn't answer wisely if, if it's really three persons, right? And Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any question, right? And Jesus taught in the temple. He said, how can the scribe say Christ is of the son of David, David himself, inspired by the Holy Spirit? So, you know... He taught in the temples and in the synagogues, and he said nothing in secret, right? He said nothing in secret. Um, he taught that, I mean, in the synagogues and in the temples, can you imagine, can you imagine that if Jesus was actually teaching a triune God, can you imagine um, what would have happened? Can you imagine the outrage? Can you imagine the pushback? Can you imagine the pushback from all of this if he if he actually um, if he was teaching that God was a three person being? I mean, there would have been so much outrage. He would have been running for his life, right? He was been he would have been running for his life. All the apostles would have been too for for totally. I mean, this is they had a death warrant for doing that, you know. Um, but if you look at John eighteen, it says Jesus answered him, "I have spoken openly to the world." I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing secretly. Okay. So here's Jesus preaching. This is his perfect chance. He's got a podium to teach, you know, this new revelation that Trinitarians say, you know, well, the Trinity is a, is a new revelation from God. You know, they didn't speak it of in the old Testament because God did not reveal himself yet as a triune God, you know, but he did later through Christ. Well, that's what James White and all these guys say. It's complete nonsense. Here's Jesus speaking in the temples and he said i said nothing in secret so why didn't he teach a trinity you know why didn't he teach that he was god why didn't he teach you know that god was a triune being why did he agree with the jewish scribe on, exactly on who god is god is one he could have said no god is three in one you know so tr christians look at the evidence deuteronomy 18 god promises the israelites he will not come down right 
That's the whole point. I do not want to hear God's voice. Please don't let us hear God's voice, God, lest we die. And God says, you know, they, I have honored them, basically. I have honored their wishes. I will raise up a prophet from among you, and I will put my words in his mouth. You know, that's the reason why he raised up a prophet. You know, he wasn't going to speak to them directly because they were scared. You know, so for God to send down the second person of the Trinity, who was fully God and fully man, disguised as a prophet, then God lied to them. And the Bible just is so contradictory and it's so maliciously just it's it contra it contradicts itself at every level you know you can't see god's face and live jesus was god no man has ever seen god or can ever see god jesus is god god dwells in unapproachable light no man can see god or has ever seen god jesus was god right i mean the amount of contradictions in that alone should make a person pause and think you know what is going on here you know, why didn't Jesus teach a Trinity God? Why didn't the apostles? Why did God in thousands of times using singular personal pronouns never once say he's a three-person being? I mean, this is this is mind-boggling. And when you're not a Trinitarian, you look at it and go, wow, how could I ever believe something like that? You know, how could I have ever believed something like that? Well, it's because when you're in a Trinita when you're in the Trinitarian belief, you're blinded. You're spiritually blinded. Literally, you have a spiritual lobotomy. You can't see things. You know, I've talked to a guy that I'm on, uh, that I talked to a guy, I had a debate with on the Holy Spirit. And this guy is putting things together and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. You know, he's stumbling. He's, well, uh, Jesus and, and the woman are, uh, the man and woman are one spirit in their flesh. And it's just, I mean, this is desperation. You know, there's clear cut scripture. God is one. It's the father alone. I made all things by myself. There was nobody with me. You know, so when you have this Frankenstein God of the Trinity and you have these little these little riddles that you're patched together, riddles die hard. You know, things die hard. False things die hard. And when you're used to using all of these mental gymnastics and riddles, you, you basically convince yourself of all these little things that that aren't there. You know, and the truth is right in front of you. You know, we have but one God, the Father, and we have one Lord, Jesus Christ. Simple truth, pure, simple truth. No riddles. No riddles necessary. I can stand before God and say, I stuck to exactly what you said. You know, if God is a triune God, he has got a tremendous amount of explaining to do. If a tr if a Unitarian stands before God one day, he can say, God, you know, you told me you were a single person. All of your, all of your words, your, you know, single personal pronouns. Jesus is saying the father is the only true God. You know, you're not saying that you're not a man. Nobody has seen you. Nobody can see you. But yet Jesus was God. Why did you deceive me? Why did you make it so confusing? That's what a Unitarian will ask. Now, as a Trinitarian, if you're standing before God, God will tell you, what is the first commandment? God is one. And a Trinitarian will say, yes, but that one is three persons. And God will say, where did I say that? And a Trinitarian will say, well, you didn't really, but I was told by the church fathers that you were. And God will say, I told you I was not a man, you know, and the Trinitarian will say, well, Jesus is God. You know, I mean, this is this is what's going to happen. You know, where did I teach you that God was a three person being? Where did I tell you that? I warned you over and over again that the greatest commandment is God is one. Where do I ever teach that God is a triune God? Where can you show me? And the Trinitarians will pull out all these mental gymnastics, you know, John 8, 58. Well, the Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. That's not going to be good for them. So Unitarians, stick to the truth. You know, press on. Do not let the, the targeted harassment from Trinitarians 
that would, would execute and persecute anybody who didn't believe that Jesus was God or the Trinity, you know, drive you from the truth. The truth is there, but once you see it, there's no going back to a Trinity. There's not. I mean, a Trinitarian can deceive themselves into staying a Trinitarian, but once you see the truth, people all over the world are waking up. Once you see the truth, it's bam, it hits you. That deception's over. You know, the, the scales have been pulled from your eyes and you see it and there's no going back from that ever, you know, because the simple truth is, is undeniable. You know, it gives a person uh, total confidence in what scripture says. We can debate a Trinitarian. That's why you see Unitarians with full confidence. You'll see a Trinitarian shaky, uncertain, because they know what's ahead. They know these riddles that they have to constantly defend. You know, Jesus was a man. Well, yes, he was a man, but he was not really a man. He was a God man. Where does it say that? Well, you know, it says right here that he's God, you know, so they use all these riddles and it's very frustrating, I, I could imagine, to be a Trinitarian, right? Because their whole doctrine is based on a lie. Nobody speaks of it, right? But with the Unitarian, we, we believe he's a man. He was raised from the dead. He lived a life and he grew in wisdom and stature because he wasn't God. You know, in their belief system, God rewarded God. God remained obedient to God. God was made perfect. And after all of his obedience to God, God elevated God and God sits at God's right hand. Right. After being made an apostle and a high priest, when God cried out with loud crying and tears to the one who could save him from death, which is the first person of the Trinity. I mean, what happened to the and, and not only that, but Jesus says, Father, not my will, but yours, your will be done. So Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, had a different will than the first person of the Trinity. Right. They say they're co-equal and co-eternal and they have the same will and they share. That's nonsense. You know, Jesus tried to get out of going to the cross. Not really. I mean, he was he was scared. He was trying to think, is there a better way? I, you know, I don't really want to die. I'm, he was sweat, you know, sweating tears and blood. He was nervous. Right. You know, did did God have a change of heart from the very beginning? He's, he's praying to be rescued from death. You know, wasn't God assured that he would be raised from the dead? Because that was what they agreed upon from the very beginning up in heaven. You know, hey, when you die, we're, I'm going to raise you and you're going to come back to, to heaven. Jesus was scared, though. Father, you know, please raise me from the dead. You know, make sure that I don't die. That's what he was doing. You know, so everything about the Trinity is nonsensical, which is why they don't they don't focus on it. Right. They focus on other things. You know, they don't like to discuss the Trinity. Find a Trinitarian pastor that teaches the Trinity in church. And they're like, you know, they're so rare. It's like finding a, uh, you know, a, a gold nugget out in the in the middle of an ocean. Right. You know, it's it's just not you never hear about it. So God is one. The father is the only true God. Like Jesus himself said in John 17, three, father, I pray that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the Messiah who you have sent. God bless. Thank you.